0: is, people measure what matters to them. Sure. So I guess the big question I think is what you're bringing up is, are we measuring what matters? So we can't just throw out numbers altogether, but it's it's more about like measuring what matters, and, and I would say it's the difference between a, a, a quantity of disciples versus a quality of discipleship. Mm. Just because you have more doesn't mm. mean you were a better steward, mm. you know? Um, It's not just about the quantity, it's about the quality of what you've done with
1: what you've Mm. been given. So neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything, but only God who gives the growth. uh, Verse 7. So it's like so many times that we try to take on that role of God and we try to focus on the growth instead of the planting and the watering and then we wonder why things aren't growing. Mm -hmm. This translates into just living the life of a Christian. There's things
0: that you're elevating in your home that you're measuring, that you're putting as important. Sure. And for you even to say, is this really what God has told me to measure? No, I think we should just be about more and better disciples. So, not just about more, Mm. uh, not just about better, but about both more and better disciples.
1: Welcome to this week's episode of What Do I Think, a podcast where we stop and explore some questions we have that are maybe going through your head too. We believe the Bible is absolute truth, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and that someday He is returning. But if you're anything like us, as you read the Bible and follow after Christ, there are many questions that arise. Well, ultimately, we will never be able to figure out all the answers, and that's okay. Okay. This podcast digs into some of those questions, and we hope it will lead to some helpful discovery and knowing God more as you ask yourself, what do I think? Today, I sit down with Pastor Justice Froman, our second of three episodes around the area of church health, and we build off of last week's episode. Your church is meeting again. Is it healthy? How can you tell? What is your church prioritizing? At an individual level, what are you prioritizing? Are we focused on things that Christ tells us to focus on? Are we measuring what really matters? As we discuss these thoughts and questions, and as you listen to today's episode, I hope you will begin to ask yourself, what do I think? Well, Justice and I are here together again here we are for episode 14. We talked a couple weeks ago just about that whole idea of what do churches focus on? And so many articles and podcasts and blogs talk about eight steps to this and 12 steps to this and how to get to 500 people. And, and so much of those things seem to focus on systems and metrics. And very few of those things we see say focus on discipleship or you know accurate preaching or some of these things. And, um, and so probably this week and next week, want to dig into that just a little bit maybe some specific things on our heart uh, about what what are some of those things that matter what should we be focusing on not that numbers are bad not that how many people you got serving are bad or systems are bad or any of those things but it's like what is the focus are those things the focus or is the gospel uh, and being the body of Christ the focus so as when I texted you or just as you're thinking about that what are your thoughts
0: yeah I guess you know in the Church world, you can get, um, you know, you can kind of rise and fall on your attendance numbers, you mm. know, and metrics. And so. And you you experience this because anytime you meet somebody from a different church, you're always asked, you know, how big is your church? You know, how many people do you got coming to your church? And it seems like that's like the number one question asked. And if you're a large church, you love answering that question. (laughs) And if you're a small church, you hate answering that question. Uh, Well,
1: I think especially even right now. Uh, people are saying the one question is so how many people are coming Sunday, you know, because yeah. they want to know Have has everyone come back? And yeah. so Yeah, it's like well, how many people do you have this week? Yeah And so it seems like that's almost been heightened yeah. with, with all that's been going on or or you know going online You know how many views are
0: you getting mm. has been a big question and does that count as the same as, as like attendance and and all that stuff so um, so I guess just uh, You know, every week I get a text message um, of the attendance that week, and I don't think it's bad to measure those things, but um, whenever that's the end of of everything, you know, like if the end is more attendance, then that's what we're going to structure ourselves around is Mm. getting more people Mm -hmm. in attendance. Um, So that's where, and, and this happens for those who aren't, you know, church leaders and stuff, everybody does this in their life you measure things and you structure your life around reaching whatever is important to you so if it's a certain um, salary then Mm. your whole thing is you know what is my salary this year and how can I reach that goal for next year and and um, or you know if your number is a certain level of education and you're wanting to get the next degree Mm. and so we all have those things that we
1: set as important Mm. and uh, go after remember years ago like ING did their whole campaign with what's your number and the number was like what number you needed to get in your savings account to be able to retire it was like what's your number Uh, we were talking earlier today about people that have Apple watches it's like you love to see when you've met your goal because Mm -hmm. you met you met that number of calories burned or this and that and so I think that's a great point that just as humans we are driven to measure things because measurement means success or failure and so we want to know whether we're succeeding or failure whether we're meeting our goals whether we're not meeting our goals and so it's ultimately our goals then drive our behaviors mm-hmm. and I know you believe I believe that the mission of every church was given to the church by Jesus in the Great Commission to go and make disciples. Now the, the vision for that how we do that uh, looks different church to church. But I guess are our priorities then reflecting that that's our mission or are our priorities reflecting that our mission is to have so many people on a Sunday or reach this budget or those things? Yeah.
0: So, yeah, I think that it's not bad to measure things. And the the reality is people measure what matters to them. Sure. So I guess the big question, I think, is what you're bringing up is – are we measuring what matters? Like, mm. is the attendance? Which is, uh, I guess, just in the church world, that's the main thing that you just keep hearing about. Mm-hmm. And then you, you seem to break the two hundred barrier, mm-hmm. barrier, break the five hundred barrier, break the thousand barrier. It's like it's all. It seemed to be focused in around getting that number. I think the thing is that the heart of that is if our goal is to reach people, then the, then the more people we have, the more people are hearing the gospel and therefore have the opportunity to you know be saved. And so I think that is the underlying. Uh, motivation I, I guess in a sense mm-hmm. behind a lot of that and um, but I think another a part of it in the church world is that um, you know it, it, we were built to like be productive like as people like sure. to go and you know uh, God said in, in the beginning he's told Adam and Eve to be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth like there is this we are to be productive and multiplying um, he gave uh, them the garden to tend and to keep mm. it, you know, so there was like this responsibility and, and there should be some production. And like in the pastoral world, like we don't make widgets, you know, and mm. so there's like there's not this tangible, you don't go home at the end of the day and feel like I did a tangible production. Right. You know, I used to work at AT&T and, and I would work on the telephone lines and it's like I knew at the end of the day that street that I worked on and so many poles I worked on mm. You know, at the end of the day, I cut a lot of wires, and I improved a lot of people's internet, Right. and so at the end of the day, I go home, and I did something, sure. but as a pastor, you, you go home, and you're like, man, it doesn't feel, you don't have that sense of satisfaction of mm. I produce something, mm. because what you do is very relational, mm. and, and you're helping people and counseling people, and so I feel like part of this whole numbers thing is for pastors, it almost gives us something tangible. Like, mm-hmm. here's the tangible measurement for we're making progress mm-hmm. or we're being productive. Ah. And um, hmm. so I think that that might be some of the
1: root of why we make such a big deal sure. about some of these numbers. Sure. I, was, I was just having lunch with a pastor recently, and we were talking about that very same thing. And I worked construction before I was in ministry. And you can step back and say, yeah, i Put so many tiles on the wall, or I did so many bundles of shingles, and like you can step back and be like, Man, I did that today, and that's mm-hmm. awesome. Uh, and in ministry, there's some times where you wonder, Am I doing anything? <laughs> I was in student ministry for six years, and that's maybe even heightened uh, in student ministry because one week kids at the altar are raising their hands in worship, and then the next week they're, you're seeing what they're posting on social media, or uh, they're telling you things about. The relationships with their boyfriend or girlfriend, and you're like, what? (laughs) But and I think we see that with social media today. You you see people on Sunday that act one way, and then their uh, social media account would seem to negate that. So uh, that idea that ministry is not the most tangible Um, work—that's not why we do it, and that's not—it's ultimately to glorify God and it's to accomplish His purposes. And that's also not to say that every pastor is thinking, I really am I, is what I'm doing really matter. But that idea that focusing or a focus on numbers at least gives us some satisfaction. So maybe that's even rooted in some selfishness or pride, but that it's a human condition to want to know am, am I doing something that matters? Mm-hmm. And you know, and so to that point too, that's not necessarily bad. Healthy things should grow. And so, but then, like that, I love what you said is, are we measuring the right things? Mm -hmm. Are we looking at the right numbers, so to say? So, what do you see kind of in scripture as those things that maybe are the markers or the measurements of whether our church is truly growing, whether our church is truly bearing fruit and accomplishing the purposes that Christ wants us to accomplish? You know, I think that's the difficulty because we, because
0: what we're trying to measure is like spiritual growth, mm. uh, and so um, because here's the thing: we don't want to just throw out measurement altogether. We don't want to say numbers, no numbers matter, because right. uh, we are stewards. And I, I think mm. the passage I'm open to is the sto- the parable of the talents, mm. and mm. Uh, you know, it gives this picture that we're all stewards of something. Um, you could take that to mean you're you're financial stewardship you are uh, stewarding of the gifts that God's given you or the abilities that God has given you or mm. the responsibilities that God's given you as maybe a church leader and um, so we're stewards of these things and just if like if you were to uh, put somebody else in charge of of your finances and and they were to steward your finances you wouldn't want to go to them and be like hey how's it going and then be like I don't know i don't i don't worry about the numbers (laughs) it's like no you better give me some numbers right you're a steward of my stuff and so so we can't just throw out numbers altogether. but it's it's more about like measuring what matters and and i would say it's the difference between a a quantity of disciples versus a quality of discipleship Mm. so I say that again a quantity of disciples mm. versus a, a quality of discipleship mm. so if you have it, just like if like if I gave you a grape and and you brought me back a dozen sour grapes I'd mm. be like I'd rather have a half dozen sweet grapes sure than a, a dozen sour grapes and so just because you have more doesn't mm. mean you were a better steward mm. you know um, it's not just about the quantity, it's about the quality of what you've done with what you've mm. been given. Mm. And so I'd rather have a hundred devoted disciples of Jesus than a thousand lukewarm, mm. you know, lip service Christians, you mm. know. Um, so just because there's more doesn't mean you're a
1: better steward. Mm. And yeah, I think we see that in, in John
0: but as you're turning there, I think the 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 opposite is also true that just because you're smaller doesn't mean you have better disciples either, <laughs> you know. <laughs> true.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And because it can be then become an excuse or yeah, you're not. It's not like you become anti growth or yeah, right. Um, but in in John chapter six, uh, and this so this is this is right after uh, earlier in the beginning of six, Jesus feeds the five thousand. Then he walks on water, that the people follow him, uh, and he gives them the teaching that I'm the bread of life. He says, you didn't come over here uh, because you wanted to hear my teaching. You came because you wanted me to feed you again. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he goes on and says, but I'm the bread of life. And so we see in, in verse 60, uh, it says, when many of his disciples, uh, so it's not just people, this says of his disciples, so not the 12, uh, but many of his disciples heard this. They said, this is a hard, hard saying. Who can listen to it? But Jesus, knowing in himself that his disciples were grumbling about this, said to him, do you want to take offense at this too? Uh, And then further on in verse 66, which again, kind of ironically, chapter 6, verse 66, 666, says after this, many of his disciples turned back and no longer walked with him. And so Jesus didn't say, whoa, 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 go, 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 go tell him to come back. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, in verse 67, he says, so Jesus said to the 12, do you guys want to go too? Uh, he says, do you want to go as well? And so just, I think that speaks to and kind of reinforces that idea that Jesus wasn't worried about the multitudes. He wasn't worried about how big of a crowd he had. In fact, he even told his 12, he said, look, if none of y'all are cut out for this, if none of y'all are willing to remain in me, abide in me. I'm not stopping you from leaving either, Uh, and so that speaks to that idea that it's about the quality of discipleship, not the quantity of disciples. So I think that you know Jesus had massive crowds, right? But it
0: seems like he intentionally said (laughs) things and did things to try to thin out the herd. Sometimes, you know, to try to to try to say, "Hey, this is what I'm really about." Yeah. And you know, if you're just coming because I'm a good talker or mm. you know anything like that like you know <laughs> you don't know, eat my flesh and drink my blood you have no part of me <laughs> it's like a lot of people are like ah, I'm not going to this church anymore okay um, and and so it seems like he wasn't scared to get rid of some of the crowd mm. so I think the the point is how, you know are we kind of structuring ourselves to produce better disciples I, I think that it, you know as church leaders, we should be concerned with the quality of discipleship and allow God to you know, add to that as mm-hmm. he wants, um, deal with the quantity, that we should worry about the depth and have God worry about the breadth of uh, the ministry. So are we structuring ourselves simply to get more people, or are we structuring our ministries and our lives to develop, to disciple um, um, better Christians?
1: Mm. And that idea of you know focus on that quality and being devoted to making disciples like Jesus said uh, in the great commission to go and make disciples but what you said then let or trust God to focus on the quantity uh, and the growth and and so that too we see throughout scripture there's multiple places but two particular that come uh, to mind is in Acts 2 uh, 42. Verse forty-seven. It says, "Praising God and having favor with all the people." Uh, and so, there's nothing wrong with having favor with your community. You should have favor with community. And what's What's interesting to note there is that uh, having favor with all the people. So they were living their way in such a life and their their lives in such a way that non-believers said, "Man, I want to check out what's happening there." Uh, and I'm not sure we're seeing that <laughs> quite so. Uh, that quite that level of excitement uh, in in the world today. Are are Christians living our our lives in such a way? Are churches modeling what it means to live for Christ in such a way that people are saying, "I want I want to see what's happening there." But and it says, "And the Lord added to their number day by day." So we see that there in Acts, but then also in 1 Corinthians, uh, chapter three, it says uh, in in verse six. It says, I planted Apollos' water, but God gave the growth. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we see there that um, I, being Paul, uh, had huge part in this. Apollos had a part in this, but ultimately it was God who gave the growth. So neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything, but only God who gives the growth. Uh, verse 7. And so it's like so many times that we try to take on that role of God and we try to focus on the growth instead of the planting and the watering, and then we wonder why things aren't growing. Uh
0: Yeah, I think it's definitely, um, healthy things grow. Christians are supposed to be fruitful, absolutely. Mm -hmm. But um, numerical growth doesn't equal spiritual growth. Mm. Um, In in the same way that uh, years of life doesn't equal maturity. Just because you get older doesn't mean you get more mature. Right. In the same way, Uh, you can be small and unhealthy, you can be large and unhealthy and vice versa, you can be small and healthy, you can be large and healthy, so. That's a good point. Um, But then also this can translate, this translates into just living the life of a Christian. So if you're maybe not a church leader or a pastor, and you know, you're elevating certain things in your home, and is my, am I pressuring and making sure is the most important thing that my kids get straight A's, you know, straight A's are important, you know, education's important. Is that the most important thing? Or am I, am I most concerned that my kids mm. know and love Jesus? Mm. Am, I, am I most concerned with my kids having a better life than I had growing up and they're more comfortable and enjoy things mm. better than I did? Or am I more concerned with them becoming better people mm. <laughs> and respecting people and uh, becoming contributing members of society? Yeah. You know. So it's like there's things that you're elevating in your home that you're measuring, that you're putting as important. Sure. And for you even to say, is this really what God has told me to measure? Is this what God has told me is important? Mm-hmm. Or is this just something that I'm making important?
1: So, mm-hmm. you know, y- you were a youth pastor for several years, and that was a question that I really tried to challenge my parents with, some my, my students' parents with so many times is, you know, you're, you're, planning for their college you're planning for their athletics uh, you're planning for their you know their musical ability um, how are you spiritually planning for your children mm-hmm. um, and so many times I was met with wow I haven't really thought of it that way mm-hmm. you know it's like we plan for all these things but then we just expect spiritual growth to happen if we do these eight quick steps or you yeah. know, re- read the verse of the day in you version and expect that to be the the quick fix. I think those things that you just kind of wrapped up with there are good things for us to think about and remind ourselves, whether we're a pastor or not, is what are we elevating in our life? Mm -hmm. Uh, And if we're elevating the numbers, you know, as a pastor, if we're elevating the numbers, if we're elevating the budget, if in our personal lives, if we're elevating the the bank account, if we're elevating these things, then that's going to drive our motives. Mm -hmm. Uh, But if we're as a believer of Christ, elevating spiritual disciplines, elevating being a follower of Christ. As church pastors, if we're elevating um, the quality of disciples being produced in our churches, then that's going to be reflected in uh, what we choose to prioritize. So,
0: Here's something to just piggyback on you. Um, you know, because the mass, the numbers say that massive amounts of kids l- walk away from their faith when they go to college, mm-hmm. and there's all types of reasons for that. And, and uh, the people who are you know write the book "Sticky Faith" mm-hmm. kind of unpack that and how to help that. But um, I, I think one of the things that I heard somebody say—I don't remember who it was—but it was very helpful for me in thinking about this is that. How can we expect them not to whenever you know you, you, you grow them up in church and then you send them off to a town that they're unfamiliar <laughs> with with a bunch of people their own age that are doing things they shouldn't be doing? You like completely rip them out of their spiritual community mm-hmm. and plop them into university and expect them to do well <laughs> spiritually? Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so what if you made part, like what if you centered the, the church community? Around this education experience so mm. what if part of the visiting college experience was let's go find a good church in mm. this town and let's let's go meet the pastor and let's mm. go you know let's go maybe the weekend we go to visit that college we're gonna go to that church mm-hmm. and so so that you're not just ripping them out of something but you're, you're mm. transplanting mm. them mm. into another spiritual community that they can be connected in uh, as they go through university. Wow. So that's just one like practical yeah. tip that I found very helpful mm. in
1: counseling
0: you know college age high school age mm. parents. I yeah,
1: think that's great, yeah it's great. well, hopefully this has been a helpful conversation today. I know it's just things that you and I have talked about and been on our hearts um, and we're gonna kind of dig a little deeper next week, uh, but just as we wrap up today, you have any other closing thoughts, and if not, maybe just pray for us.
0: Um, no, I think we should just be about more and better disciples. Mm. So not just mm. about more, mm. uh, not just about better, but about both more and better disciples. But mm. um, I think that our main focus should be about quality of discipleship, and so that that's that's the priority. And then you know we can talk about it at a later time how do you kind of structure your life or your ministry around measuring the, the spiritual growth mm. and how those things matter. It's mm. good. Would you pray? Sure. Father, I thank you for these uh, moments we're able to share um, just talking and working, you know, thinking out loud and discussing kind of what you're putting on our hearts and what we're seeing in the church and, in, you know, culture right now. And, and uh, I thank you for everyone who's given us the time to listen, and I pray this is a blessing to them and that you would challenge us um, to not just go along with how things have been done or what we've been taught, but to really reevaluate, are we structuring our lives and our ministries around, you know, what's truly important? Mm. Are we being good stewards um, with what you've given us? And so I pray that we would recommit ourselves to to a quality of discipleship, to really uh, fulfilling the Great Commission, which is to go and make disciples. And, um, and so that we would do that personally, discipling our family and our children, and um, as leaders of the church, God. So help us to get over uh, the need to feel uh, this mm. personal affirmation of uh, more uh, butts and seats, you know, um, but uh, to really focus in on are we helping people grow spiritually? Mm. And so I pray that this. Uh, podcast episode is helpful to all those who listen pray you bless them and give them peace in jesus name we pray amen Amen.
1: thank you for listening to episode 14 of what do i think i hope this episode was helpful in exploring some of the questions and thoughts that we wrestled through what is god challenging you with as a disciple of christ What are you putting the most focus on in your life? What are you using to measure success? How are you including God's Word in those priorities? If you're a pastor, what is currently getting the majority of your time and energy? What is shaping those focuses? If Jesus told us the mission of the church is to go and make disciples, how in line is your vision with that mission? As you walk away from today's episode and think about these questions, I hope you will begin to ask yourself, what do I think? We look forward to next week for episode 15. Justice and I will wrap up these three-part series, digging deeper into some thoughts from today. Thanks again for listening, and God bless.